0: This is Prayer Rome Companion, episode forty-two, recorded March second, twenty eleven. It's Lent, Lent. It's time to repent. Welcome to Prayer Rome Companion. I am your host, Doctor Chris Bergwald, and I am Father Andrew Dickinson. And Lent is nearly upon us, Father. It's uh, the second of March. Happy March to you, by the way.
1: Hey, thank you very much, and
0: also with your family. <laughs> Yes, in line with our uh, last episode and with your family. Um, so next Wednesday, March 9th, is, is Ash Wednesday, and the beginning of the penitential season of, Ad, uh, of Lent. Um, I almost got ahead of myself there. Uh, for that, that time be Christmas
1: before you know it. <laughs> it will be. We,
0: we, I was uh, uh, earlier today, I was... Talking with my, I, I, I talked with my wife on the phone, and I, I told her that we're going to be doing podcast, podcast, and Lent, and we have uh, a, a few CDs of of Christian songs or cap and and cap, explicitly Catholic songs for for kids. And one of the CDs starts with this song it's by, by the group called the Dogma Dogs, and it starts the first song is on Lent, and it starts with Lent, Lent, it's time to repent. And she immediately went to that, and it was in my head too, so it was kind of funny that we're uh, successfully indoctrinating not just our kids but ourselves as well uh, through the use of music and art
1: you discipling your kids or indoctrinating
0: uh, actually I think we're brainwashing too for that matter but we just you know also fitting with the last week's podcast anyway so Lent father what do you think about Lent
1: Lent I don't know. I mean, that's okay, I guess. I mean, if I have to do it, I will. I mean, but I mean, if I had my preferences, though, it'd be jelly donuts and things like that. Jelly donuts. Yes. Actually, I hate jelly and donuts. So, jelly and donuts would be a good Lenten pens for me. (laughs) This year for Lent, I'm going to eat jelly donuts.
0: Not because I don't like them. It's always good to add something, not just take away, but also to add some penitential practice during the season. So, there you go. Well,
1: I saw me, of course, which brings us to the uh, maybe a good way to start out would be, you know, what do I love about Lent? I love people who give up pop, people who give up chips, people who give up the same old thing each year, give up chocolate. I I do love them, but it's just, uh, 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 it's interesting to me that uh, it seems like we do the same thing over and over in kind of the stereotypical, uh, I'm going to give this up for Lent. Right. Why is that bad? It's not bad. It's just, it's hamburger when you could be having steak. You know, it's, uh, it's it's not the fullness of what Lent can be. Lent is more than just simply giving something up. Uh, Lent, you know, it's uh, giving something up comes from the classical uh, penitential actions, which are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Yep. Yeah. So,
0: go ahead. No, please go ahead. You were. About, I, I don't want to interrupt. No, no, please. Sir. Okay, I'll interrupt. Uh... So I, I just actually I just gonna I was going to uh, tee one up for you. So prayer, fasting, and alms giving—the uh, penitential practices—actually, um, maybe just a devil's advocate. But is it giving something up? I mean, if we're giving up something, easy, isn't isn't that well fasting, or at least a form of fasting?
1: It is a form of fasting. It can be a form of fasting, but the simple act of dep- of deprivation of depriving yourself of something does not a necessarily a fast.
0: Make. Oh, why not? Yeah, no, that's I think that's right. So why not though?
1: Because fasting is a spiritual practice, not just the physical absence of something.
0: So if I so so I think you know, one way I think of this is there's a difference between fasting and dieting. Why yes. So what is the difference? What makes me giving depriving myself of jelly donuts? What how how can I make that into a spiritual practice, the spiritual practice of fasting?
1: well it becomes a spiritual practice when you add prayer and spirit uh-huh. but so how do we do that um, the fast should become a physical reminder for us of our need uh, to pray our need to rely on god our need to seek god alone as the source of my life my goodness my happiness my fulfillment or whatever other uh, um, direct objects you want to put there put that being an indirect object but um Right, and so I think it, then it becomes that spiritual practice.
0: So, I, I, th- I think it's a, a very, I'm glad you make that point, Father, because I do think, I mean, even as I think about, as I've been discerning what I might um, do for, for, give up uh, penitential practice for Lent, um, the importance of doing that, of making it more than just, you know, if it's a food thing, more than just dieting, Um Whatever it is that I'm giving up, that make that I, that I make sure that um, it does become a spiritual practice, and I think sometimes too, just in terms of pop culture, when you talk about Catholics giving up things, that that's that's sort of certainly I think the conventional wisdom as well that it's merely depriving yourselves of something, not as you were just saying. Uh, we do that as a means to a greater good, which is to remind ourselves, as you said, of the fact that we are all, the, not just ultimately, but here and now, dependent upon God for everything. And so uh, these practices remind us of our dependence upon Him.
1: Correct. I think, and, and, that's, and that's where then your fast will really become fruitful. You know, does Lent seem monotonous, boring? It say, oh, it's Lent again. You know, I, A friend of mine in college would call Lent March Madness. Um, you know, which in some ways showed that she just kind of didn't understand, and at the time I probably didn't either, but she didn't understand the, the spiritual fruit available to her. Um, if we're not adding that spiritual com- component, it's just merely that physical discipline. Although physical discipline is a good place to start in the spiritual life, it's not the end, it's not the purpose, it's not the
0: telos of the spiritual life. Right. As you said, s- spiritual- yeah, it's for, it's for that greater purpose. So, so fasting, so, so, um, Remind us of what we as Catholics are called, what we're obliged to do uh, during the the season of Lent, the liturgical season of Lent, in terms of fasting and and bodily mortification. Right. Uh, Sorry. Right. So I, I said confused. I said remind us. So what are we supposed to do, or what are we what 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 do we have to do for Lent in terms of fasting?
1: So the, the minimum requirement what we have to do is uh, there's just there's the two days of fast Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and then the Fridays uh, are all days of abstinence to abstain from meat those are the inherent penitential practice that the Church uh, requires of you uh, it's one of these six precepts of the Church to uh, observe the days of fast and abstinence. Uh, and, like the minima, and the church gives us minimum. It's not a maximum, but it's a minimum. This is kind of the least you could do and uh, reasonably call it fasting. This is the least you could do and reasonably call it fasting. And in that terms, it talks about the fasting. Uh, so the days of fasting, which is only Ash Wednesday, Good Friday. Um, the days of fasting would be, um, uh, or the purpose or the way that you would do them would be uh we eating one normal meal in that day and at least two other and then two other meals that all told all together do not equal a second meal. If that makes sense. So one meal and then two other times of eating or meals, as you want to call them that, that wouldn't equal the caloric content of a second normal meal.
0: So in a sense so that's kind of bad. we we eat less than two full meals, two of our regular meals. Uh, right. On the Right, okay. Alright, so that's fasting. I that
1: mean, you, you take the bun off the Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> what? <laughs> that means you take the bun off of the Big Mac.
0: Take the bun off the Big Mac,
1: exactly. That probably means more than that, but I was joking. I, yeah. um, so those are, those are the two mandatory days of fasting. Can you add other days of fasting? Yes. Could you intensify your fasting? Yes. If that fits in with uh, your ability to pray, and it leads you to greater prayer. That's always kind of the litmus of any fast you're doing. Is your fast leading you to prayer, or is your fast you going, oh, my belly? Um, at which point, maybe you want to slow down your fast and try uh, a little better version. I see laughter on your face.
0: No, that's uh, that's an excellent point, though, I think. I mean, the uh, and that goes back to, I think, well, I mentioned, you know, I, I'm, I'm discerning what I should do for Lent. I, I think it's important for us to, because I, too many times, I don't, do it this way but we, i think we need to discern in advance of ash wednesday what we're going to do for lent uh and 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 where i was going in particular is not biting off more than we can chew so to speak um not taking your fasting you can chew. <laughs> i know i know i know uh, as i was saying that i'm like okay this is sort of an inverse pun but i didn't it was not intended um that, that that we need to be mindful of our where we where am I right now in my spiritual life, and I need to to discern um, a penitential practice that is in keeping with where I am, that challenges me to grow, but it's not ridiculous. I, you know, because there are some people who I mean saints throughout history, people today, I'm sure, who do far more fasting than I think I could reasonably do at this point in my spiritual life and sometimes we all said, oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna be serious i'm gonna go all but i think we have to be well I'm gonna, father am i not correct that we need to be careful and mindful of of where we are right now as we discern what we're going to do for lent
1: without a doubt without a doubt um uh, to be purposeful about it in that way. And that's also a good kind of awakening in the spiritual life. As we're purposeful about it, it makes us think about it more than maybe we normally would. Um, but yes, to be uh, uh, to be on guard against, uh, or maybe to put it this way, that sometimes uh, the evil one can trip us up by suggesting too many good things or too much of a good thing.
0: And and often as a result that we you know we 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 start off. Why is that bad though? Well, let me ask you. Why is that bad? What do you mean? Why is too much of a good thing bad? Yeah. Uh,
1: Well, um, because you can be distracted from what God really wants you to do, or you could become prideful. uh, Most horribly, um, to become prideful um, about the way that you do things.
0: The other thing I was going to say, for me, in my experience, uh, too much of a good thing. I, am more, I, well, I don't know, if more often than not, I certainly at least often end up lapsing. I, I it's too much for me to do. I fail, and then I might throw my hands oh, Forget this. I'm not going to get back. Rather than doing with something more moderate, at which I can grow into.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So you get discouraged um, by uh, those efforts to uh, to do these grand penances, these grand efforts, and uh, and you can't do it. And so, uh, why should I even try?
0: Right. And so I think that's definitely for, you know that's another reason to go slow and steady, so to speak, in our penitential practice. Anyway, so we, we were talking about, you were talking about fasting and, and how we can do more than just the minimum. The church has the minimum, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, fasting. Right.
1: That's you can pick other days where there might be every Friday, might be some other day of the week, a Wednesday, a Saturday, uh, depending. And, you know, feel free in some sense to base it upon the practical requirements of your life. So if uh, Fridays are the most busy day that you ever have with anything, And more than likely, when you um, fast, you're going to end up being cranky and more irritable and things like that. And it won't be a fruitful fast. Well, then maybe go for a different day. Uh, And then the other thing would be those days of abstinence um, to abstain from meat. Uh, Kind of one of the most, of course, famous um, Lenten practices and one of the most identifiably Catholic practices to not eat meat. Now, here's a quick question for you, Dr. Bergwell. Uh-oh. I want you to call upon all the skill at your muster. I want you to call upon all of your experience, all of your learning, all of those eminent and holy professors that you studied under when you were over Rome at the Angelicum. You ready? Uh, yep. Does that mean you have to eat fish? uh
0: ha, 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 ha. No. Does that mean I have to eat fish? No.
1: I'll... No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that you have to eat fish. I'd be a Catholic, but I don't like fish. <laughs> okay. Um, or actually, good luck. Welcome in. Um, but, uh, yes, you do not have to eat fish. You do not have to eat lobster. You do not have to eat something from uh, red lobster. Uh, rather, uh, all you have to do is not eat meat. So I've actually thought about sometimes having a canned food uh, lent. Well.
0: For the whole time? For Friday? Sweet, any.
1: Uh, either or. Huh? Yep. Either or. Um, so whether it be. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, so whether it be just uh, uh, those Fridays, or to be all day. But uh, maybe just do things that are. So, or no fresh food. Not even fresh fruits. So canned fruits, uh, canned meats, canned beans. Uh, Canned fish, uh, dried things like pasta, rice, dried beans, uh, maybe some frozen vegetables. But uh, and then take the money that you would normally spend on food and donate the difference to a charity. There you go. That's a way to go a little beyond just the normal uh, abstinence experience.
0: Yeah. You know the other thing too that I was thinking of earlier, um, I jotted it down. You're talking about penance and giving up something, whatever we give up. One one. I think wise piece of advice that a priest uh, gave me once is, um, when you're discerning what if, if you're going to give what, what you're going to give up or if you're going to give something up, don't give up something that's going to make uh, life miserable for those around you. <laughs> so, so maybe if you're a smoker, for instance, um, <laughs> it's not, Lent is not necessarily a time. I mean. Don't say, I'm going to give up smoking during Lent because the point is not to make life miserable for those around you. Uh, not really for yourself either. That's not the point. But certainly if, 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 if whatever your penance is has a negative impact on those around you, you might want to reconsider it. So if you're a, if you're a caffeine fiend, um, you might want to reconsider giving up your coffee or your Coke during Lent as a spiritual practice. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I think
1: that's a very prudent way of thinking. You know, uh, as I like to tell my students sometimes, I think I've said this maybe before in this program, but you're, Jesus loves your humanity. Yeah. Jesus loves you in your humanity. And so when he asks you to do penances, he does ask you to do them in a human way, in a way in accord with your personality, everything like that. Um, you know, uh, uh, he might ask you to do some amazing and intense uh, penance, but for the most part, it'll probably be uh, in accord with uh, what, you, what you're what normally doing.
0: Right, and again, I think that goes back to the importance, uh, I mentioned it before, of, um, well, I've mentioned it a couple times, discerning, um, uh, considering, prayerfully considering what we ought to give up rather than just, you know, it's Ash Wednesday morning, oh my gosh, what do I do? Um, you know, and just making a rash decision, and that can be fine. I mean, but but I think it's best to again this is a spiritual practice. You mentioned the importance of prayer in that context early on. Uh, I, I do think it's important that we prayerfully consider what our our, our penitential practices, what we're going to do, uh, particularly for the season of Lent. Um, yeah. So. Right. So we talk about giving something. So out. else could be? Well, we talk about giving something out. Um, but but uh, oftentimes another thing that we're rec- re- recommended to do during, during Lent, and this is not something the Church, of course, mandates, uh, but, but that we add some spiritual spiritual practice, whether it's spiritual reading of some sort, um, uh, a, a, a devotion, you know, Stations of the Cross, of course, is a very common Lenten devotion. But adding some spiritual practice during uh, the season of Lent to try to intensify. Um, its 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 value for us as a scene of penance and preparation to celebrate, of course, the resurrection on on Easter. Uh, so, Father, what? Well, I'll will go first. So, some of the things I've done in the past, uh, spiritual reading, I've I, I've sought to or have not always successfully, but um, I, I've I've added uh, maybe a a book from a saint or a noted spiritual writer or maybe. Uh, um, a, a church document, which of course always has, um, our, our spiritual well being in mind. Um, maybe try to add something like Stations of the Cross on a more regular basis. Uh, maybe get to ma- daily mass once a week or, or every day or something. Those are some of the sorts of things that I've, I've taken on as, as a spiritual practice to add to my regular spiritual life uh, during the season of Lent. Anything that you, uh, any particular devotions that you are fond of in that way?
1: I like, uh, I have a pretty, I mean, one thing I like to do is to pray for people that, for some reason, I don't like, uh, whatever it is. Um just people that uh, uh, that I kind of struggle with, that I have difficulties with, whatever. They just seem to get under my collar, uh, pun intended. As a priest, <laughs> um, and so uh, 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 so do, doing things like that is a good thing. Uh, uh, in fact, one of the best lunch I ever had that way. I prayed a rosary for uh, uh, a brother in the seminary. I was still in the seminary, brother in the seminary, who I just really struggled to get along with. Mm. And pray to rose for him every day, and it was one of the best lunch I ever had. Um, so I think things like that are very good things. So look for those people that way. Also, to do maybe an act of kindness for someone each day without calling attention to yourself uh, As one of those little, as it, in a sense, an alms giving that may not necessarily be monetary. Sure, um, monetary. Uh, the uh, uh, thinking about husbands and wives. You know, what's one little sacrificial thing you could do for your spouse? you know, once a day, once a week, without calling attention to it. Right. You know, to not blow trumpets as you uh, make, uh, as you give your alms, as Jesus says. Um, And so to just do that for them because it's worth doing it for them, even if you don't get attention from them.
0: Ooh. So, okay. (laughs) For instance, for instance, I mean, even with that, so I'm trying to think of, I mean that's probably that's probably sp- specific enough for the average listener, but just pretend that uh, it's not. Like, what do you mean? Like, because I've had priests say that before. Maybe maybe it's a penance a, a, in pen confession. You know, do, do something, an act of kindness. Um, right. I'm not so trying I'd to say
1: like for. Uh, so for 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 Mrs. Dr. Bergwald, um, let's say that it is the habit in your home. That uh, she uh, does um, the trimming of the nose hairs on the children, uh, because uh, that is something that she enjoys to do. I probably know it's not something she enjoys to do, but something that you really struggle to do because you are uh, morosely obsessed with uh, 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 mucus, and so uh, you are strictly opposed to uh, uh, to trimming the children's nose hairs okay okay specific enough okay all right so you decide to set aside your uh uh, profound distaste of nose hair and uh, uh to trim your children's nose hairs during lent before your wife normally would and so uh therefore you do an act, kind act for her and so she goes in to trim them and oh my gosh they're trimmed they're okay is it that they don't need trimming is it that uh my lovely uh, husband and uh, good theologian has already done them for me. I don't know, but they're there.
0: Okay. That's very helpful. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I'm trying
1: to avoid stereoty- stereotypical uh, uh, house
0: jobs there. You succeeded masterfully. Uh, masterfully. So, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so that's sort of uh, different ideas. So, Father, have you thought, have, have you had a chance to think about what you, whether it's something you might read or or some other practice that this particular Lent you're going to do?
1: Yeah, uh, I thought, specifically spiritual reading, um, I thought about reading uh, the autobiography of Teresa of Avila. Uh, yeah, the life of Teresa of Avila, it's called. I uh, thought about doing that, um, read parts of it, but haven't read all the way through, and just think it'd be a good thing to read through. Also, maybe just uh, uh, memorizing the Gospel of Mark. Really? I thought it would be interesting. Yeah. Cool. Hey, it's the shortest one. Let's say it is. <laughs> I know your limitations, right? <laughs> so, memorize the Gospel of Mark, you know, um, figure out a way to break it down, you know, 16 chapters, so I know at least half a chapter a day, and I should be able to get that done and um, but
0: that'd be interesting. What have you What have you read in the past that you found to be very fruitful as a Lenten reading?
1: What just before talking about like specific things read, uh, I think a good way to read though is I like to read things for Lent without a pen or a pencil. Oh. Um, oh. So in this kind of academic mentality, academic world, especially as a seminarian as a priest, um, I get really focused on you know the knowledge. But uh, I think that helps me to read it in a more prayerful way. Actually engaging the text uh, to pray on it, to, to just kind of receive how this saint, this mystic, whoever has uh, spoken about their life. Uh, just uh, any, any thoughts on that uh, suggestion? Um, and I'll get to some specific uh, books.
0: I, no, I, I like that idea a lot. I mean, yeah, to actually. At the- <laughs> Or frankly, I think sometimes for me the opposite might be more the case because I, I go back and forth on that in, in terms of how I read that way, um, and so I could see where for me sometimes trying to be actually taking up our pen or our pencil for my Lenten spiritual reading could be could intensify the practice as you know because I think my tendency probably what I lapse into when I or not lapse into the way I read is just I read for information, but if I when I take up uh, uh, a writing uh, utensil, um, I read more for to try to digest, to try to internalize what I'm reading. But regardless, I, I think, uh, re- however you do that, I, they both serve the same end. So, I like that idea, though.
1: Right, so just to pay attention even to that mode of reading. Right. Uh, so, a couple of books that I've enjoyed uh, then are the, the Confessions of St. Augustine, uh, probably the world's first autobiography. Mm. And then uh, uh, really enjoy uh, a really good one too would be the letters of Saint Ignatius of Antioch. Okay, letters of Saint Ignatius of Antioch, very good reading. Well, maybe harder to get for the common, uh, for the commoner, um, but uh, that might be an interesting one.
0: You can find them also, online. Can, just real quick, there you can find them online. So um, if you're listening to this, you obviously have internet access, so you can find his letters online. Anyway, go ahead. Yes.
1: Uh, the uh, Diary of Divine Mercy of Saint Faustina Kowalska. So that was very good. Um, Romano Guardini has a book. It was called Jesus the Lord. Yep, the Lord. And that's yep, a very fruitful read Yep, yep the Lord. Uh, Romano Guardini. Uh, those are just some recent things that I've read. Uh, Saint Joseph of Lisieux, uh, the uh, story of a soul. It's actually a wonderful book. Um, about uh, the spirituality of Therese. I can't remember its exact title. Um, Shoot, I don't It's a spiritual retreat with her, and I wish you could remember that, because that's a wonderful book. It's the best book you ever read, and I can't remember the title. (laughs) Um, We call that a teaser. Yes. uh, What do we call these things? Podcast. Uh, Uh, And finally, maybe just just to switch to um, just really briefly on almsgiving. I think we haven't really talked about that. So whether it's the Rice Bowl, uh, here in our diocese we have our annual bishops collection, so a good thing to think about in that regard, the CFSA, Catholic Family Sharing Appeal. Um, But uh, so when you're doing maybe your penance or something like that, or maybe you're buying something for your prayer or your spiritual reading, think about making that matching gift or that restorative gift uh, for uh, uh in the the response of the uh um or the the change if you will from your fasting or the equivalent of what you bought for your discipline
0: yeah i i think it's sometimes we we, we um forget we think about prayer and fasting but alm's giving um, we tend to forget about but it's it's you know, but all three of them, you know, well, why do we do those? Because Jesus says to, specifically in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and, and it's I think it's easy for us to forget about that third one, um, almsgiving. So. Yeah.
1: Well, and, uh, d- another good suggestion, too, sometime is, uh, you know, tally up how much you spent eating out during Lent. Mm-hmm. You know, and give that equivalent to someplace that feeds the poor.
0: Yep yeah i think sometimes well at least the the uh, our catholic outreach ministry to the the hungry the poor there are many organizations catholic organizations that do great good but sometimes i think for us as the sort of the average Catholic in the pew or in the sanctuary. Um, well, it's certainly more for, for us in the pew. I think we're can. we we're not always aware uh, as aware of them as, as, as you as the pastors might be. Uh, and certainly during Lent, it's a good time f- to remind ourselves of the ways that we can, um, through these various organizations and outreaches, help those who are in need in those ways, uh, as you've suggested. So. Well, yeah, Anything else, Father? Lent. Well, it's time to repent. We could talk about repentance.
1: <laughs> repentance is very good, but I could talk about repentance more than. Uh, but hey, you want to my favorite nutshell about repentance? This comes from Father Scott Trainer down at uh, St. Thomas More Newman Center, serving uh, that other school, USD, in our state. The one of the well, they think they're a rival to us, but
0: I mean. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: They. um, What does Father Scott? He said there though that notice you notice in the gospel that Jesus never says understand your sin, and I think so many times we seek to understand, try and figure out why is it that I sin, why am I doing this thing, why do I keep falling in this way? Jesus never says understand your sin. Jesus says repent of your sin. So, for a theological perspective, what is repentance?
0: That's that's actually that's a great. I'm glad you. That's a great point. Repentance is simply to acknowledge, sort of in line with what you are just saying, regardless of the the reasons for, the motivations for, the causes, so to speak, of my sin, uh, repentance is merely to acknowledge my sin and ask God's forgiveness and renounce it insofar as I'm able. Yes? Rice. Yes. Rice. Bowl. What? No. Yes. Okay. So we... uh, (laughs) We... uh, yeah, we. we, we I, yeah, that's a great advice. Regardless of why, it's, and I say that because for me in particular, I can get into these head games with my spiritual life and why I do what I ought not and why I don't do what I ought. Um, and it's sort of like, well, you forget about the trying to understand, or at least for the purpose, repentance is simply to renounce the sin and that's ask our Lord's forgiveness. Ooh, I like that. So. very good so anyway all right father uh, any final thoughts or are we, we want to leave it with repentance
1: uh, I think we'd uh, stay right there I think repent for the kingdom of God is at hand
0: amen I think that's great advice and that's how John's got Mark's gospel begins so um, good luck with that memorization we'll test you after Easter Ooh. And Father is going to be away. I was away. Father will be away for a couple episodes. So I will get some guest uh, co-hosts in. Uh, so Father, have a great Ash Wednesday, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. God bless. Alright, this has been Prayer Roam Companion with Chris Bergwald, Father Andrew Dickinson, and we'll see you next week.